Welcome to the Ramp Church Podcast. We are so honoured that you've joined us today and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. If you'd like to know more about Ramp Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website, ramp.church forward slash mcr or find us on social media. Now let's head straight into this week's message. So first thing, um, how many of you, has anybody here heard of um, a church in the States called Morning Star? Okay, so Morning Star was a, a church and they had worship, you know, and I was deeply impacted by the worship that would come out from this church. And it was very different. It was such a different sound, right? Does it, Lisa, you know, it's like the Morning Star sound is just really different. And I encourage you, YouTube it. I mean, it was what, back in the 90s, I guess? The 90s, they were the thing. If you were in the States serving Jesus in the 90s and were charismatic, Pentecostal, or a little bit strange, they were your people. And um, there is a song that they sing called Come, Come, Come. And I, I feel just honestly like this massive word over us, even over this city, just to come, to come back to God, to come to God for the first time, to keep coming to God. So I want to talk to you all about coming to Jesus. And there was another song that they sang, and it was, um, it's time to get right with God. It's time to get real with Jesus. And as we were praying throughout this week, you know, I was reminded of the scripture in Isaiah, where it says, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And I feel like that's even part of the come equation, the come word right now is you can be here in body, and you can do all the things, and you can say the right things, but I'm talking about your heart right now. Where's your heart at? And having your heart, like the core of your being, the real you, coming close to God. Coming close to God. There's a story in 1 Kings 19 where Elijah has been... um, you know, doing the work of the Lord there in Israel, prophesying and clearing the land of idolatry and all sorts of epic things. And he just gets weary. And in fact, I'm going to read it. I'm going a little off script here. But in 1 Kings 19, verse 9, this is what I was praying over some of us earlier this week. The Lord said to Elijah, because he, he's having a tough time. So the Lord shows up and he says, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? And I I really, as I was reading that, so then Elijah gives an answer. I've zealously served the Lord. And he tells the Lord everything he's done for him. And then the Lord says in verse 11, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. I know you're familiar with this, but just engage your heart. After the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Say gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah gives the same answer. I have been zealously serving the Lord God Almighty. And then the Lord goes in verse 15. He says, go back the same way you came and gives him a fresh assignment. 
And I feel like somebody in here, the Lord's just showing up in your business and he's saying, what are you doing here? Your heart here so far from where you know you want it to be. Your heart feeling distant from God. Even in your zeal for God, sometimes you can run away in despair. And even some of the things that God says or that Elijah says earlier on in this passage, he says in verse 4, Lord, I have had enough. That's, that's what it says right here in my Bible. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. And that was before the Lord shows up to him and then says, what are you doing here? You're Elijah. And I feel in the spirit even this morning, some of you, your, your heart has strayed from God. You're maybe here in all the right places in body and mind, but your heart is what he's calling to come. And he's asking you where you're at, just like he asked Adam. Adam, where are you? It's not because he doesn't know where you're at. It's because you've lost a sense of where you're at. You need a fresh awakening to where you're at. And you need to come back to God. And we as a people, we need to come close to him. So for some of you, you need to know that God's calling you back. He's calling you back to an intimacy with him that's deeper than lip service and deeper than motions. It's a heart fully alive, close to him. I was thinking about how out of all of scripture, one of the most glorious words in all of scripture is the word come. When God says come. God says, come to us. The creator of the universe, the holy one, the one when people encountered him, it says the earth would shake and they would tremble and fall like dead because he was so holy and glorious. The one in Isaiah where it says he has his understanding has no limit. The source of all wisdom, healing of the nations, Bright and shining star, bright and morning star. King of all kings, Lord of all lords. He's calling us to come to him, to keep coming to him. I pray that I never get over that. I mean, do you, I've told you this before, okay? I've told you how I tried to, I try to teach my kids like simple skills of life, right? Simple skills of life. Like when, when they see somebody who's really excited to see them, that they don't do the typical nothing that a kid will do. But I try to teach them. I use hand motions, everything. When somebody is this excited to see you, you match or exceed that level of excitement. That's what good manners is. That's how you honor people. That's how you celebrate people. You don't like see a grandparent that's like, oh, Olivia, and then Olivia's, or any of them. I'm not picking on you, Olivia. I love you, Olivia. They're behind the camera serving so faithfully. Is you don't just, you don't just like, oh, do nothing. I mean, that's, that is, what, do we even need to explain why that just is not right? No. And sometimes I feel like in my heart, I struggle with that. God Almighty is inviting me to come. And I'm like, eh. Eh. And then I know that God looks over cities and churches and cities, right? Because in Revelation, he is actually 
he's speaking to the church as a whole in certain regions. And so if God has made in himself accessible to us at such a high cost, shedding the blood of his own son, his own son suffering, becoming poor so we could be rich. And he's inviting us in. And I'm going to read some of those scriptures of him inviting us in. What's our church? What's the body of Christ? How are we responding? It's like, oh, it's you again. And you know what it's like in a family when somebody who's really familiar walks through the door? They, don't, they normally don't get any attention, right? You can be married for 50 years. Your husband, your wife walks in and it's just like, eh. <laughs> because we can become so familiar with the most valuable thing to us. That we diminish everything about what's appropriate for that person. And I feel so resolute in my heart not to ever get over what he's done for me. I don't want to get over what he gave to have me. I don't want to feel mediocre about the sacrifice he paid. The access, the all access that he's given. And I want to encourage you, Ramp Church, you stir yourself up in your most holy faith. And don't let his presence become familiar to you. That he can call you to come to him. And it's no big deal. And when you feel your heart growing cold like that, you fast. You come in repentance. You do the right thing and you humble yourself before a holy God. You take it seriously that this God has made a way for us to come. And all throughout scripture, I mean, I've got scriptures here. He's calling us to come, right? He's come, he's calling us because we've gone astray. I love how Isaiah 53 even clarifies our state and what sin is. And we've talked about this before, Ramp Church, how we, we think sin is like, you know, for the people who are like stabbing people with a literal knife and committing adultery and all these things, whatever it is in your mind that you think is really bad. That's sin. But you're still good. But the description in Isaiah of sin is so relevant to my heart, no matter what I have done or haven't done. And listen to this, Isaiah 53, verse 6. It says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. What if I were to tell you sin is when we leave God's path to follow our own? What if sin, that big, epic, scary word that kind of you can't say in a lot of context and culture because people feel, what if sin is exactly what we've talked about before in Isaiah 53? We ignored God. We're all like sheep. We've gone astray. The Bible talks throughout the Bible just about sheep, how he refers to us as sheep and God our shepherd. And Cameron was reminding me earlier this week when we were talking about sheep, that sheep, you know, are the dumbest, the the dumbest animal on the planet. But they're so cute. There's like, they're endearing. They're dumb, but you just want to hug them. 
And listen, we like sheep, we, we tend to go our own way. And some of us, it's, we, we come to God, but we want to go our own way when it comes to sex. We want to write the story. We want to ignore God when he starts talking about sexuality and relationships. We do what Paul says. We stifle the spirit. Where we're like, shh, not that topic. Or if it's finances. Or if it's things that we feel we have a right to. Oh, I grew up in the state, so I know all about entitlement and rights. You've got a right to a home ownership, an education, a retirement, a 401k. You've got all these rights. And sometimes God's not asking us even to lay down our sin. He's asking, lay down your rights. Lay down your rights like Jesus laid down your rights. And when he starts asking us to lay down our rights, we start straying on our own way. And God still bids us to come. This is profound. Listen to what he calls sinners to come. We're all sinners. We all have this, this rebellion in our heart, this defiance, like every kid towards a parent. You just watch this unfold in the natural. Every kid hates the word no, right? Just look at this truth and parallel. Just give me a toddler, any toddler. Take something valuable. This defiance to be told what to do. This, what we call, what, how we're called in the word is we're rebels. Our way or the highway. But God calls us to come. He says in Isaiah 1, 18. This is in the Living Bible. He's talking to Israel. And we are so the story of Israel. We come and then we stray. And then we come and then we stray. And finally God says, okay, listen, I'm going to put a new heart in you. You've got this heart of stone, but I'm going to make it tender like flesh. So when you start to wonder, your heart of flesh is going to sense me wooing you back. So Isaiah 118, come, he's saying to this sinful, adulterous, two-timing Israel. Come, let's talk this over, says the Lord. No matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Even if you are stained as red as crimson, I can make you white as wool. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. He's calling sinners. He's calling us to come, come and follow him on his way. Do things God's way. He's calling the weary in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary. Heavy laden. You who carry heavy burdens. Come. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that beautiful? So now he's not just calling sinners. He's calling the weary. And then he doesn't just call the weary and the sinners. He says, come all you who are thirsty. Those of you who need refreshing. Those of you who are spent. I love even the passage I just read from 1 Kings 19. When, um, when Elijah has just, when he's fleeing from Jezebel. 
And Jezebel is, is being a psychopath and is really, really scary. And Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. So he sits under this solitary place, and that's when he says, I've had enough, Lord. It's good for me to die now. And then he laid down and he slept. But as he was sleeping, an angel came to him. God came to Elijah in his weariness. God came to Elijah in his, I'm about to throw in the towel state. This is so beautiful, this God of ours. Oh, I love, I love this. Then he feeds him and the conversation continues. And that's then later on, he hears God in this gentle whisper. So he comes, he, he's bidding us to come to him. And not just this one-time decision, but to keep coming to him. And not just to come to him, but to listen to what Jesus said in Luke 47. You'll, you'll recognize this passage. It's the, the firm foundation passage, right? Where Jesus is saying, many come to me, Lord, Lord, calling on my name. And, but don't do what I say. In verse 47, Jesus says, I will show you what it's like for someone who comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. Comes, listens, and follows my teaching. And I felt... So then it goes on. It's like a person building a house who digs, digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. And when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. And then he goes on. Let me even just read the rest of that in Luke 6. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruin. But those who come, those who listen, those who follow, they stay standing. I feel like some of you just need to slap yourself, take inventory. Where are you right now? Where's your heart? What's happening to the world around you? Are things crumbling? Don't be so proud to admit that your world is falling apart. Humble yourself. Come to the Lord. Now listen, this is what I feel for those of you who maybe be following Jesus and you've been following Jesus for a really long time. I want to say, well, keep following him. Don't stop now. Keep following. Those who endure to the end will be saved. But I want to encourage us as a faith family to come and listen and obey. Come, listen, and obey. Just what Jesus said in Luke six forty seven. What's it like when they come to me, when they listen and they follow it? So, of course, Jesus comes. He, he bids the sinners to come and receive forgiveness. He bids the weary to come to him and receive refreshing. He bids the thirsty, those who need just the satisfying of his presence to come. Be satisfied in his presence. How many of you, I'm about to read you a story from Proverbs 1, that is our story of when the Lord has called to us. This is my story. This is every sinner's story, right? It's a Proverbs 1. It's talking about wisdom. We know that Jesus is the source of all wisdom. As it says in Colossians, he's the source of all wisdom. And Proverbs 1, verse 20, wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, 
Will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel, and I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Listen, here it goes. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. About to get scary. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock when disaster overtakes you. You're like, wait, is this talking about the same God who's just calling sinners and pastoring? Yes, there's actually, there's actually another verse in Proverbs that so perfectly describes this whole thing. It says, their lives are ruined by their own foolishness. And then they raise their fist in anger at God. So when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone and anguish and distress overwhelm you, when they cry for help, I won't answer. They anxiously search for me. They will not find me. This is bad, bad, bad. And then in verse 31, it sums it up. They must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. All who listen to me. I feel like the Lord's calling us to listen to him, to obey him, and to do it his way. Do his will his way. Come to him. Listen to him. Don't ignore what he's saying to you. When we have in, in Corinthians, it talks about, in, in 2 Corinthians 10, how we have as humans sometimes these proud obstacles These proud obstacles that keep us from the way of God. Keep us from knowing God. What, are there any proud obstacles in me, Lord? Any parts of me that are ignoring you or not coming to you? And by coming to him, we come and we confess. We come and we just listen. We just show up in his presence. We come with humility in our hearts. We come with faith. Just as an act of faith, we come. Not because we have all the answers figured out, do we come? Or we come because we don't have the answers. But we keep coming. We come when we're red as crimson. We come when we're white as wool. We come when we're weary. We come when we need refreshing. We come and we listen to what God says. And I, I, I feel encouraged by this invitation because I feel like some of the chaos in our lives can be calmed, can now change the landscape to be an area that's life-giving because you listen. You come and you listen. Listening is a form of humility. When was the last time that somebody corrected you and you listened to them? When was the last time you realized you were wrong about something? I mean, if you're just as human as I am, it should have been like, I don't know, this morning or yesterday. You shouldn't be saying, well, 13 years ago, my spouse told me. Spouses, are you listening to each other? Kids, are you listening to your parents? Kids, are you listening to your parents? Come on, listening is a form of humility. How good are you at listening? 
And then how good at you, how good are you at listening when you don't like what you're hearing? Because this is where the rubber meets the road. When we hear something we don't like, we have the choice. Are we going to follow God's path? Are we going to turn our back on him and ignore him and go the other way? And here's the thing. God's way leads to life. Proverbs also says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Man's way, doing things our own way, is not the destination anybody wants. Doing things God's way leads to life. I want to just invite the band to come. And I feel like I want us to just search our hearts for proud obstacles. For arguments in our head, excuses even, justifications for our attitude, our behavior. God wants us to come to him tonight or to this morning, to come into his presence with humility. To come in humility before him, admit our need for him, confess where we've been hard-headed and obstinate. Confess where we've had maybe ignoring God. And just turn. You know, that's what repentance means. It means turn, change direction. Some of you may need to come and just drink from refreshing. You're like Elijah, and you're just there saying, Lord, it's good for me to die now. I'm done. And God wants to bring you refreshing. And that refreshing that you need comes from his presence. And it's not a genie in a bottle and it's not a magic pill. It's there where you wait for him. Where you're willing to honor him. Where you're willing to seek until you find. And my prayer for you all has been. The prayer I've been praying for myself, that I pray for my children, that I pray for you, Ramp Church, is that first of all, you would never get over the fact that that word come is always over your life. There's not a season of your life where that word come is not relevant to you. You always can come to him. You always can come. You can come at your best. You can come at your worst. He loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you where you are. He's saying, listen, follow me. Some of you, you are hard headed and it's not that God himself, you feel like you're being receptive to God and maybe on your quiet time you are, but you do not know how to listen to others. And humility towards God equals humility toward humans. It's the same. It doesn't mean you're a doormat. It just means, are you listening to the voice of God that comes through the people of God? This is so hard on our egos. But you know, in James 4, verse verse 7 and 8, this is one of the most beautiful promises in all of Scripture to me. Just so mind-blowing that here we are with nothing much to offer nothing but a bunch of baggage and brokenness can we bring empty promises and a lot of lip service but here we are with a God who bids us to come and James says in verse uh, chapter 4 verse 4 
Actually, I'll start in verse 7. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Just close your eyes right now. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Coming close to God isn't about feelings. It's about obedience. It's about repentance. It's about showing up with a heart that's open and a heart that's humble.